From America's colonial period to her rise to become the richest, most powerful nation in history, the ideas and values that guide us, protect us, and hold our society together flow from the pages of this book of books. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal. Our founding documents affirm and build on the scriptural concepts of God-given, not state-granted rights, and of liberty under law. The biblical worldview shaped our work ethic, made education a priority, and birthed the notion of finite, limited government under divine authority. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. The Pilgrims, the Puritans, the Founding Fathers, and American leaders throughout our history have emphasized the Bible's importance to America. The first and almost the only book worthy of universal attention is the Bible. John Quincy Adams. But for the book, we cannot know right from wrong. All the things desirable to man are contained in it. Abraham Lincoln. The foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teachings of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Calvin Coolidge. The Bible Live is your opportunity to listen to the Bible. A 15 to 20 minute reading every weeknight. The entire Bible every year. Now, here's the host of the Bible Live, your Apache Indian scout on this annual excursion through the Word, Soapy Dollar. Yes, indeed, here we are, thanking you for joining us, as always, each weeknight as we continue our way through the Scriptures, the Bible, the Bible, the old book, the Creator, the God of the universe, the God who is truly there, stepped into time and space, spoke, acted, dealt with men and women, with families, with couples, with nation and people groups, and left a record of himself. He inspired, guided, and protected a record of his involvement, of his self-revelation. He has given us a glimpse into reality, what things are really like. Wherever you're listening to The Bible Live tonight, I know you've asked yourself these questions. What is life all about? What is this existence about? You need that answer. You want that answer because you want it to guide you in the way you would live here. That is what this book claims to be able to tell us. We've read Genesis and Exodus, where in the book of Leviticus right now, we'll be picking up in chapter 6 tonight. I'll catch you up as to where we are, what we've been reading about, so that you can enjoy the read tonight from the book of Leviticus. Right now, though, we begin our program each evening with a reading from the Psalms and the Proverbs. These are books of poetry and music and song. They celebrate the true and living God, and they talk about the life lived with God and in God. So right now we're finishing up the last segment of the famous Psalm 22 on the Bible Live. Psalm 22, verses 22 through 31. Then I will declare the wonder of your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among all your people. Praise the Lord, all you who fear him. Honor him, all you descendants of Jacob. Show him reverence, all you descendants of Israel. For he has not ignored the suffering of the needy. He has not turned and walked away. He has listened to their cries for help. I will praise you among all the people. I will fulfill my vows in the presence of those who worship you. The poor will eat and be satisfied. All who seek the Lord will praise him. 
their hearts will rejoice with everlasting joy. The whole earth will acknowledge the Lord and return to Him. People from every nation will bow down before Him, for the Lord is King. He rules all the nations. Let the rich of the earth feast and worship. Let all mortals, those born to die, bow down in His presence. Future generations will also serve Him. Our children will hear about the wonders of the Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those yet unborn. They will hear about everything He has done. End of reading, Psalm 22, verses 22 through 31. We stand and lift up our hands For the joy of the Lord is our strength We bow down and worship Him now How great, how awesome is He And together we you're listening to The Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Welcome back, everybody. This is The Bible Live. And again, this reminder, as we make our way through the Old Testament, from Leviticus to the Psalms, the whole book is about Him, the Redeemer, the Savior, the Lamb slain from before the foundation of the earth. We are reading about this worship system that God is now initiating for the people of Israel in the time of Moses. In the book of Exodus, they came out of Egypt, guided by Moses, who lived 40 years in the palaces of Egypt. He was raised there in the royal family. Then 40 years out in the wilderness as a wandering shepherd. And then he was called of God to go back to Egypt to bring the people of Israel. Remember, Israel was the name that God gave to Jacob, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, the grandson of Abraham. And he is bringing now the descendants of Jacob, the 12 tribes of Israel, bringing them out of Egypt after over 400 years there. They went in as a special invited guests, as the brethren of Joseph, who had risen to be second in power in the nation. And then, of course, there rose up a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph, and they were reduced to slave status there in the land of Egypt, where they subsisted there for 400 years. Now Moses has come. God has used him to bring out the people of Israel with the plagues and so on. And they are camped at the base of Mount Sinai. Over two million people, they are camped there at the base of this historic mountain, Mount Horeb. H-O-R-E-B is another name given to it. The mountain of God, it is often called. God has been communicating to them through Moses, giving them a constitution, as it were. They are receiving what is going to constitute them as a people. The laws, the traditions, the holidays, this is nation-building going on here. And we've come to chapter 6. We're going to pick up at verse 19, going through the offerings that God has instructed for the people of Israel and their worship procedures, a burnt offering, grain offering, peace offering, sin offering, and guilt offering. These are mentioned. They are clarified. Each of them have their ultimate fulfillment in the sacrifice of Messiah the Lamb without blemish and without spot, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. We are going to begin tonight with procedures for the ordination offering. This is the ordination of the priesthood now. Aaron is the older brother of Moses, and he and his sons will serve as the priesthood for the people of Israel. We're going to be told how they are to be ordained, how they're to be set aside as they begin their ministries over the decades and the centuries now, 
they will minister spiritually to the people of Israel. Then we'll go again through some of the ordination of the priests at large, the peace offering, and so on here on The Bible Life. Leviticus 6:19 through 9:24. Leviticus 6. And the Lord said to Moses, On the day Aaron and his sons are anointed, they must bring to the Lord a grain offering of two quarts of choice flour, half to be offered in the morning and half to be offered in the evening. It must be cooked on a griddle with olive oil, and it must be well mixed and broken into pieces. You must present this grain offering, and it will be very pleasing to the Lord. As the sons of the priest replace their fathers, they will be inducted into office by offering this same sacrifice on the day they are anointed. It is the Lord's regular share, and it must be completely burned up. All such grain offerings of the priest must be entirely burned up. None of the flour may be eaten. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give Aaron and his sons these further instructions regarding the sin offering. The animal given as a sin offering is most holy and must be slaughtered in the Lord's presence at the place where the burnt offerings are slaughtered. The priest who offers the sacrifice may eat his portion in a sacred place within the courtyard of the tabernacle. Anything or anyone who touches the sacrificial meat will become holy, and if the sacrificial blood splatters anyone's clothing, it must be washed off in a sacred place. If a clay pot is used to boil the sacrificial meat, it must be broken. If a bronze kettle is used, it must be scoured and rinsed thoroughly with water. Only males from a priest's family may eat of this offering, for it is most holy. If, however, the blood of a sin offering has been taken into the tabernacle to make atonement in the holy place for the people's sins, none of that animal's meat may be eaten. It must be completely burned up. Leviticus 7. These are the instructions for the guilt offering, which is most holy. The animal sacrificed as a guilt offering must be slaughtered where the burnt offerings are slaughtered, and its blood sprinkled against the sides of the altar. The priest will then offer all his fat on the altar, including the fat from the tail, the fat around the internal organs, the two kidneys with the fat around them near the loins, and the lobe of the liver, which is to be removed with the kidneys. The priest will burn these parts on the altar as an offering to the Lord made by fire. It is a guilt offering. All males from a priest's family may eat the meat, and it must be eaten in a sacred place, for it is most holy. For both the sin offering and the guilt offering, the meat of the sacrificed animal belongs to the priest in charge of the atonement ceremony. In the case of the whole burnt offering, the hide of the sacrificed animal also belongs to the priest. Any grain offering that has been baked in an oven, prepared in a pan, or cooked on a griddle belongs to the priest who presents it. All other grain offerings, whether flour mixed with olive oil or dry flour, are to be shared among all the priests and their sons. These are the instructions regarding the different kinds of peace offerings that may be presented to the Lord. If you present your peace offering as a thanksgiving offering, the usual animal sacrifice must be accompanied by various kinds of bread, loaves, wafers, and cakes, all made without yeast and soaked with olive oil. This peace offering of thanksgiving must also be accompanied by loaves of yeast bread. One of each kind of bread must be presented as a gift to the Lord. This bread will then belong to the priest who sprinkles the altar with blood from the sacrificed animal. The animal's meat must be eaten on the same day it is offered. None of it may be saved for the next morning. However, if you bring an offering to fulfill a vow or as a free will offering, the meat may be eaten on that same day and whatever is left over may be eaten on the second day. But anything left over until the third day must be completely burned up. If any of the meat from this peace offering is eaten on the third day, it will not be accepted by the Lord. It will have no value as a sacrifice, and you will receive no credit for bringing it as an offering. By then the meat will be contaminated. If you eat it, you will have to answer for your sin. Meat that touches anything ceremonially unclean may not be eaten. It must be completely burned up. 
And as for meat that may be eaten, it may only be eaten by people who are ceremonially clean. Anyone who is ceremonially unclean but eats meat from a peace offering that was presented to the Lord must be cut off from the community. If anyone touches anything that is unclean, whether it is human defilement or an unclean animal, and then eats meat from the Lord's sacrifices, that person must be cut off from the community. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give the Israelites these instructions. You must never eat fat, whether from oxen or sheep or goats. The fat of an animal found dead or killed by a wild animal may never be eaten, though it may be used for any other purpose. Anyone who eats fat from an offering given to the Lord by fire must be cut off from the community. Even in your homes, you must never eat the blood of any bird or animal. Anyone who eats blood must be cut off from the community. Then the Lord said to Moses, Give these further instructions to the Israelites. When you present a peace offering to the Lord, bring part of it as a special gift to the Lord. Present it to him with your own hands as an offering given to the Lord by fire. Bring the fat of the animal together with the breast and present it to the Lord by lifting it up before him. Then the priest will burn the fat on the altar, but the breast will belong to Aaron and his sons. You are to give the right thigh of your peace offering to the priest as a gift. The right thigh must always be given to the priest who sprinkles the blood and offers the fat of the peace offering. For I have designated the breast and the right thigh for the priests. It is their regular share of the peace offerings brought by the Israelites. This is their share. It has been set apart for Aaron and his descendants from the offerings given to the Lord by fire from the time they were appointed to serve the Lord as priests. The Lord commanded that the Israelites were to give these portions to the priests as their regular share from the time of the priests' anointing. This regulation applies throughout the generations to come. These are the instructions for the whole burnt offering, the grain offering, the sin offering, the guilt offering, the ordination offering, and the peace offering. The Lord gave these instructions to Moses on Mount Sinai when he commanded the Israelites to bring their offerings to the Lord in the wilderness of Sinai. Leviticus 8 The Lord said to Moses, Now bring Aaron and his sons, along with their special clothing, the anointing oil, the bull for the sin offering, the two rams, and the basket of unleavened bread, to the entrance of the tabernacle. Then call the entire community of Israel to meet you there. So Moses followed the Lord's instructions, and all the people assembled at the tabernacle entrance. Moses announced to them, The Lord has commanded what I am now going to do. Then he presented Aaron and his sons and washed them with water. He clothed Aaron with the embroidered tunic and tied the sash around his waist. He dressed him in the robe of the ephod along with the ephod itself and attached the ephod with its decorative sash. Then Moses placed the chest piece on Aaron and put the Urim and the Thummim inside it. He placed on Aaron's head the turban with the gold medallion at its front, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses took the anointing oil and anointed the tabernacle and everything in it, thus making them holy. He sprinkled the altar seven times, anointing it and all its utensils and the wash basins and its pedestal, making them holy. Then he poured some of the anointing oil on Aaron's head, thus anointing him and making him holy for his work. Next, Moses presented Aaron's sons and clothed them in their embroidered tunics, their sashes, and their turbans, just as the Lord had commanded him. Then Moses brought in the bull for the sin offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head as Moses slaughtered it. Moses took some of the blood, and with his finger he put it on the four horns of the altar to purify it. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. In this way he set the altar apart as holy and made atonement for it. He took all the fat around the internal organs, the lobe of the liver and the two kidneys and their fat, and he burned them all on the altar. The rest of the bull, including its hide, meat, and dung, 
was burned outside the camp just as the Lord had commanded Moses. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Then Moses presented the ram to the Lord for the whole burnt offering, and Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head as Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took the ram's blood and sprinkled it against the sides of the altar. Next he cut the ram into pieces and burned the head, some of its pieces, and the fat on the altar. After washing the internal organs and the legs with water, Moses burned the entire ram on the altar as a whole burnt offering. It was an offering given to the Lord by fire, very pleasing to the Lord. All this was done just as the Lord had commanded Moses. Next Moses presented a second ram, which was the ram of ordination. Aaron and his sons laid their hands on its head as Moses slaughtered it. Then Moses took some of its blood and put it on the lobe of Aaron's right ear, the thumb of his right hand, and the big toe of his right foot. Next he presented Aaron's sons and put some of the blood on the lobe of their right ears, the thumb of their right hands, and the big toe of their right feet. He then sprinkled the rest of the blood against the sides of the altar. Next he took the fat, including the fat from the tail, the fat around the internal organs, the lobe of the liver, and the two kidneys with their fat, along with the right thigh. On top of these he placed a loaf of unleavened bread, a cake of unleavened bread soaked with olive oil, and a thin wafer spread with olive oil. All these were taken from the basket of bread made without yeast that was placed in the Lord's presence. He gave all of these to Aaron and his sons, and he presented the portions by lifting them up before the Lord. Moses then took all the offerings back and burned them on the altar on top of the burnt offerings as an ordination offering. It was an offering given to the Lord by fire, very pleasing to the Lord. Then Moses took the breast and lifted it up in the Lord's presence. This was Moses' share of the ram of ordination, just as the Lord had commanded him. Next Moses took some of the anointing oil and some of the blood that was on the altar, and he sprinkled them on Aaron and his clothing, and on his sons and their clothing. In this way he made Aaron and his sons and their clothing holy. Then Moses said to Aaron and his sons, Boil the rest of the meat at the tabernacle entrance, and eat it along with the bread that is in the basket of ordination offerings, just as I commanded you. Any meat or bread that is left over must then be burned up. Do not leave the tabernacle entrance for seven days. For that is the time it will take to complete the ordination ceremony. What has been done today was commanded by the Lord in order to make atonement for you. Remember, you must stay at the entrance of the tabernacle day and night for seven days, doing everything the Lord requires. If you fail in this, you will die. This is what the Lord has said. So Aaron and his sons did everything the Lord had commanded through Moses. You're listening to the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. Leviticus 9. After the ordination ceremony on the eighth day, Moses called together Aaron and his sons and the leaders of Israel. He said to Aaron, Take a young bull for a sin offering and a ram for a whole burnt offering, both with no physical defects, and present them to the Lord. Then tell the Israelites to take a male goat for a sin offering for themselves, and a year-old calf and a year-old lamb for a whole burnt offering, each with no physical defects. Also tell them to take a bull and a ram for a peace offering, and flour mixed with olive oil for a grain offering. Tell them to present all these offerings to the Lord, because the Lord will appear to them today. So the people brought all of these things to the entrance of the tabernacle, just as Moses had commanded. And the whole community came and stood there in the Lord's presence. Then Moses told them, When you have followed these instructions from the Lord, the glorious presence of the Lord will appear to you. Then Moses said to Aaron, Approach the altar and present your sin offering and your whole burnt offering to make atonement for yourself. Then present the offerings to make atonement for the people, just as the Lord has commanded. So Aaron went to the altar and slaughtered the calf as a sin offering for himself. 
His sons brought him the blood, and he dipped his finger into it and put it on the horns of the altar. He poured out the rest of the blood at the base of the altar. Then he burned on the altar the fat, the kidneys, and the lobe of the liver from the sin offering, just as the Lord had commanded Moses. The meat and the hide, however, he burned outside the camp. Next Aaron slaughtered the animal for the whole burnt offering. His sons brought him the blood, and he sprinkled it against the sides of the altar. They handed the animal to him piece by piece, including the head, and he burned each part on the altar. Then he washed the internal organs and the legs, and also burned them on the altar as a whole burnt offering. Next Aaron presented the sacrifices for the people. He slaughtered the people's goat and presented it as their sin offering, just as he had done previously for himself. Then he brought the whole burnt offering and presented it in the prescribed way. He also brought the grain offering, burning a handful of the flour on the altar, in addition to the regular morning burnt offering. Then Aaron slaughtered the bull and the ram for the people's peace offering. His sons brought him the blood, and he sprinkled it against the sides of the altar. Then he took the fat of the bull and the ram, the fat from the tail and from around the internal organs, along with the kidneys and the lobe of the liver. He placed these fat parts on top of the breasts of these animals, and then burned them on the altar. Aaron then lifted up the breasts and the right thighs as an offering to the Lord, just as Moses had commanded. After that, Aaron raised his hands toward the people and blessed them. Then, after presenting the sin offering, the whole burnt offering and the peace offering, he stepped down from the altar. Next, Moses and Aaron went into the tabernacle, and when they came back out, they blessed the people again, and the glorious presence of the Lord appeared to the whole community. Fire blazed forth from the Lord's presence and consumed the burnt offering and the fat on the altar. When the people saw all this, they shouted with joy and fell face down on the ground. End of reading, Leviticus 6.19 through 9.24. This is the Bible Live with Soapy Dollar. offerings now these are explained the burnt offering it's a voluntary offering to make payment for sins in general a picture of messiah's death as the definitive offering for sin now the grain offering was to show honor and respect to god in worship the one offering that does not involve the shedding of blood we are told clearly, though, in Leviticus that without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. Back in Genesis, we're told that as well throughout Scripture. We understand that the wages of sin is actually death. That is the message that is delivered to us. The peace offering now is an offering of gratitude, saying thank you, an offering of worship and devotion to the Lord, symbolizing that peace and that contentment, that reconciled relationship with the living God. Then the sin offering is to make payment for unintentional sins, uncleanness, neglect, or thoughtlessness. Maybe you just didn't know. Some situations are a little bit murky, and you don't know, and you finally become convinced that was wrong. The idea, though, in all of these is that sin is an important factor in our relationship with God. God is interested in our morality. He is interested in the way we live and the way we treat others. So you have all of these different offerings that represent basically all of the different aspirations that any human being would have to know God, to know truth, to live for God, to live a life that is maximized, maximum fulfillment and our maximum development as human beings, our maximum significance, how we can live our lives in a way that resonates on into eternity, not just for the temporal, 
but for eternity as well, not simply for the physical world, but resonating into the spiritual dimension as well. This worship system that is being developed is designed to help the people of Israel to know the true and living God as he really is and understand our lives in the context of who he is and how things really are. And for maximum fulfillment in our relationships, our homes, families, careers, whatever area of life we might talk about. And finally, morality. Those who are interested in being good and doing good, that is found in a relationship with God and begins with repentance and humility and brokenness, acknowledgement of our sin, of our selfishness before God, receiving by faith God's forgiveness and cleansing, and then his empowering to live life as it should be lived. All of this worship system is intended to prepare us as well for eternity because one out of every one human being born on planet Earth, 100% die. And it doesn't just happen to old folks, young people. We never know when God would call us, but we can have that certainty that when this life does end, whenever it ends, that we go on to an eternity. We go into the spiritual realm and we go on to be with the God that we have begun to know here. And we go on to live with him forever, the people of God. Psalm 22 walks through that process. It started out with the psalmist, David in this case, talking about a very difficult situation. He was facing some persecution, oppression from others that were causing him a great deal of suffering, apparently going through a time of rejection by his friends, and even he he felt to some extent by God, perhaps even because of his own sin. But David believed that God would lead him out of despair, and he does throughout this psalm. He moves from despair, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me, to the last passages. Future generations will hear about the wonders of our Lord. His righteous acts will be told to those not yet born. They will hear about everything he has done. And he talks about the whole earth being filled with the presence of the true and living God and the joy of knowing him. We live in this world. We are not so heavenly minded that we know earthly good. If you imagine the context and you imagine what this is designed to do, to help an entire nation of people, generation after generation after generation, to know the true and living God and experience Him and pass that knowledge on to their children, to their children's children. You see that these are so remarkable, what they were intended to do and what they indeed did do for the people of Israel. I see a very definite and a very beautiful similarity between the two passages we read tonight the book of Leviticus, and then Psalm 22. Both of these readings have taken us through a process of God working in people's lives. Here we see the priest beginning their ordination ceremony. We see the organization and the instructions that are given for the worship of God, for sins to be cleansed and forgiven, and for the people to experience God's presence among them in worship. And in the psalm we see David stressed and oppressed And he comes out in the end. God has acted in his life. What has happened in the middle? They have done everything they know how to do by faith. And then God in his grace has acted in their favor. Grace is still their talk, clearly, in the Old Testament. See you next time. New Living Translation by Tyndale House Publishers. The Bible Live is dedicated to helping promote spiritual revival across America. And your financial support is needed. Please mail your tax-deductible gift to The Bible Live... Post Office Box 18888. That's The Bible Live, P.O. Box 18888, San Antonio, Texas, 78218. You may also make credit card donations at the ministry website, thebiblelive.com.
don't forget, join us each weekday for The Bible Live with Sophie Dollar. Start today, and in one year's time, we will read and respond together to the entire Bible. Let the most important word you hear each day be God's Word. 